Hey, welcome into the PHNX Sun Show. She's Lindsay, I'm Aspo. And look, uh, I think we're wearing the same thing we wore on Thursday. Uh, yeah, possibly. Yeah. I just recycled it. I did laundry this weekend, though, so don't worry. That's fine. I'm just here so I don't get fined. You got to do the heavy lifting, Aspo. I'm here for that, too. You know, we (laughs) talked with, uh, Saul talked with Eddie Johnson, had some interesting things to say. Check this out. If you were the GM of this, if you were James Jones, or Matt Ishbia, whichever role you would like, <laughs> what would you do to fix the Suns this offseason? Why do you think what, I showed up with this? There you go. Why do you think well, I showed up I'm sorry. Uh, you think Chris Paul is old. You should check out Daryl Dawkins. I promise Why do you, you think that. I showed up with this shirt? I'm sending a <sighs> subliminal message. Okay, what is that? You want somebody that's going to dunk? Get freaking physical. Yeah. Listen, the Suns need to get more physical. Uh, I've said that over the last couple of years. This is a guy, and, and, and I guess it all coincides with how I view Devin and Kevin Durant. Like, when I played Saul, mm-hmm. I had bodyguards. Like, I legitimately had bodyguards, dude. Who? LaSalle Thompson, my first bodyguard. Mark West? Leon Douglas, okay? You don't know who he is. Josie Merriweather. These are guys that broke me in. Oh, yeah, I'm old. Did they play for Sam the, Lacey. Did they play for the Sheboygan Hawks? Sam or? Lacey, okay? <laughs> As a rookie, I came into the Kansas City Kings. Those were my dudes. Ray Williams. Ray Williams, physical. 6'3", mm. kick your butt. Like, I had bodyguards. Otis Thorpe. Yeah, Otis. Okay? Trust me, I'm not done. Otis Thorpe, man. Joe Klein. Big head Joe. <laughs> he did that. My boy. Yeah. I had physical dudes around me. In Phoenix, Big Daddy, Mark, Andrew Lane. Oh, man. Yeah. Like T.R. Dunn, physical. T.R. Dunn, Thunder wow. Dan, physical. Yeah. Like, that's where success comes from. Then I go to Seattle. Sean Kemp. Come on, man. Huh? Physical. Michael Cage. Sam Perkins. Like, every team has that. I go to Charlotte. Lonzo Mourning. Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson. Ooh, Larry Johnson. Mike Jeminski. I got to throw my boy G-Man in there. All right? I end my career. Almost. Indiana. I got Dale Davis. Antonio Davis. Davis Davis brothers, yeah. Rick Smith. Jeez. You get my point? Yeah, I got your point. Hey, I finished (laughs) in Houston. Yeah. I got Charles. Yeah, Kevin Willis. Oh, by the way, we'll be on my show today, Sirius XM NBA Radio. Charles Barkley will be a guest today on my show. One to four. Come the whole three hours if you want to hear him. Why don't you bring him here, man? You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. We'll get All him right, in. Anyway. We'll All get right, him right. in. Okay. Right. And then at the end, Charles, Hakeem, Kevin, Kevin Willis. Willis. Yep. Yep. Now think about that. My entire career, every team I was on, had enforcers. Two reasons. One, I was, I was hot. <laughs> I was what? A marked man. 
dudes were trying to hit me. Mm-hmm. Buck Williams once laid me out. That's my boy. Buck Williams. Laid Damn. me out. Say, Eddie, I love you, but don't come around here. I said, I'm still going to come around. They said, I'm going to keep laying you out. I accepted it, right? So that's what you need. You need guys to protect you. One, two, get you open. Three, I talk junk. So guys jump in my face, huh, my boy's right there. What? What? Mm. We don't have that. Seriously, name no, it. No, I know. No, we don't. Name we, it. I would say the closest we had was Jock. Jock played with tenacity. I, I like Jock. No, no, I like no, I like Jock. But what I'm saying is, you need like, and Jock was up and down in this minute. Mm-hmm. But Jock can't evolve to that. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, Jock. Can. Yeah. Okay, but my point is, you need that. Busy, he's that. But the thing is, those two guys were limited in how many minutes they were going to be on the floor. Don't forget to come hang out with us on June 2nd out at the BetMGM Sportsbook for our Cornhole League. It happens every first Friday of the month, May through August. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. They're going to have food and beverage specials, giveaways, BetMGM prizes, and so much more. Plus, all of our shows will be live from the BetMGM Sportsbook before that tips off. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, make sure you do that and use code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, as long as you use that promo code PHNX. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. I'm really excited for next Friday, Lindsay, because I'm really good at putting things in holes. And I like to do it when I'm having some OGs, all right? OGs, my favorite thing. Uh, we've told the story on the show before in Vegas, uh, having one of the OGs edibles and getting lost on the uh, the concourse. That was They're a very Saul-esque joke there. Well, I'm not going to I figure, you know, it's a holiday Monday. we got to have some fun with it. But I am super excited. OGs, uh, the best scratch-made gummies in the business. Uh, uh, you know, the Aquaberry Sleep Edition, the CBN and THC 2 to 1 ratio, uh, the flavors there, it helps you sleep. And as a father of a six-year-old, and Jacob, the producer, a father of a young a little newborn there, sometimes you just need something to help you get to sleep because you don't get very much of it. And uh, OG's takes care of you there. And then you use strawberries and cream CBD THC one-to-one ratio. That happy balance gummy is spectacular. So make sure to find them at your local dispensary or at ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 and older and enjoy responsibly. We do have a special guest joining us. Stephen Pridgen, Suns contributor over at Bright Side of the Sun, is here to talk a little bit about uh, fixing the Phoenix Suns. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm well, I'm well, and I'm blessed. How about you? How are y'all doing? We're doing solid. Can't complain at all. Absolutely. Okay, first things first. I know this is kind of a very open-ended question, but we did that on purpose. We kind of just want to let you run here. How would you fix the Suns this offseason if you were Matt Ishbier, if you had all control? 
<laughs> well, I don't think the um I don't think the sky is falling in any sense when you have two potential top twelve players depending on how you want to rank them in tow. And then you also have um a young talent in the center who you can do what you decide to with, but that either has attention that he can get from the market or still has a lot of potential that he can be uh invested in in terms of internal development. And then you also have a point guard that's a Hall of Famer. So that's a lot to work with at the foundation of any other decisions you would decide to make. And kind of branching off from that, I think you can go a, a myriad of different ways in terms of how you want to shape shift your roster going into next season. However, I do feel like the best way, if I was Matt Ishbia, uh, the way you phrased the question, if I was Matt, I would look to at least see what you could get in return for DeAndre Aiden. Of course, this stock won't be any lower than it is at the moment based off of his playoff showing. But seeing what you could get for him potentially engaging what you should do based off of that, I think is it's almost uh, a no-brainer at this point. You have to at least entertain the thought of it. Um, as far as Chris Paul goes, I would still look to see what we can get out of the roster with chemistry built with him in tow because, of course, I think you all would probably agree that he was the most effective by having Kevin Durant in the mix in terms of him not initiating offense nearly as much as he um, was accustomed to, in addition to having to play more off the ball in terms of playing and catch and shoot and attacking closeouts and things like that. So I think I would give him another um, another chance or crack at it in a sense just to see what it looks like with him healthy with this team, especially with Kevin Durant being healthy. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at with the roster. And outside of the big four, I would look to add as much shooting and as much defense in terms of uh, ancillary players around this group. Steven, I, I'm going to kind of put you on spot a little bit um, in regards to DA. All right. Uh, obviously, everybody has their opinions on DA. Um, and and depending on which way you view him and how you feel about him, because I feel like the two coexist for a lot of Suns fans. They can't separate the two. Um, what do you what do you see from him in terms of things that he could improve outside of effort? Because one of the things that's obviously been predominant about DA has been his effort. Um, do you think now that Monty Williams is gone, um, that his he could be coached up a little bit, if you will? Or do you think it's kind of he is what he is and it's a lost cause? I do think a new offensive system could help him in terms of his individual production, uh, if we're speaking primarily as a scorer. However, I do also feel like there are there have been a handful of moments, whether that be in the middle of the season where Chris Paul was out and other players, Devin Booker, missed a handful of games where he was being kind of called to task in terms of operating in a way similarly to what people would hope for uh, him to show if he was to remain past uh, past this offseason with the Suns. Um, and he didn't necessarily – he left a lot to be desired in that in that alignment of sight uh, with his production. So I'm not sure how much more you could get from him with this team. It kind of feels like in a sense that um, the hourglass has kind of ran out with this time here in Phoenix, and it might be time for change just for all existing parties just to move forward with somewhat of a clean slate. Uh, but I do feel like he does have untapped potential. It just might not necessarily come out being with the Suns. I think a lot of that might be uh, pertaining to who they decide to go with in terms of, of, of a head coach and how they um, how they value DeAndre Ayton's talent. You're a guy that likes to look at a lot of film. What, what was it in the in the two playoff series that give you hope that this is is something that can really be built on going into next year? 
Are you talking specifically with Aiden or just as a just, team as a whole? Just the team in general. Well, I think the first thing is that when they figured out what worked against the Denver Nuggets specifically, they were able to get to that in a multitude of ways. So primarily being their three-player actions, whether that be dribble handoffs or pick-and-roll variations, once they figured out what pressure points they could hit within the Nuggets defense and how to go about hitting those spots, they were able to do it at nauseum. And we saw when Kevin Durant's efficiency started to return, we saw him be close to that player that the Suns have expected him to be for that team. And we saw what Devin Booker was doing being the best scorer in the playoffs. And then we also saw him, Devin Booker, specifically being able to showcase the playmaking ability, which continues to be underrated for him through those actions that they found out they were able to kind of push the Nuggets and stretch them out defensively. So I think in terms of their offensive process, especially when Chris Paul was out, I think there's a lot for them to um, kind of build off of and hope to build even more on with Chris Paul back in the mix. To, to piggyback on that question, Stephen, because you have broken down, if you don't follow Stephen on Twitter, make sure you do because yeah, he does an excellent fall. job breaking down Thank plays you. and sets. Um, with Monty Williams out, what do you kind of prioritize in an offensive system? I know it's a tough question to answer with basically everyone except for KD and Book <laughs> feeling safe here in Phoenix, but what do you kind of look for the next coach and hope that he's able to implement with those two stars and build around that? Well, Honestly, I would kind of inverse your question some and look at the defensive side of the ball first because while I do think there was a lot to be desired on the offensive side, I also think they they left a lot on the table defensively. Um, a handful of times we pointed out that DeAndre Aiden was up at the level of the screens, primarily in pick and roll defense a handful of times. We didn't see that nearly enough in the playoffs, in my honest opinion. And I do feel like the Suns, in terms of their defensive activity, that was one way that they could have dictated things against the Denver Nuggets, and we didn't see that nearly enough enough Uh, so I do think that defensively regardless of who it is and personnel having a coach that's willing to be more risky and uh, dictative with their defensive principles and process will be important for this team because having a seven footer like Kevin Durant on your back line is something that most teams in the NBA wish they could get especially with that player being able to rim protect and uh, be an anchor for a switching defense in a sense without fouling Um, And then if we transition to the offensive side, a coach that's going to push the limits of this team. So taking the template that Monty Williams had with pick and roll play and then off ball actions with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and starting to marry the two to where Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are as a tandem working together on the offensive side of the floor rather than one being spaced on the second side, being a a proverbial um, (laughs) valuable decoy uh, and keeping them involved as a tandem and being able to weaponize their tandem play uh, for the offensive process as well. I think that would be important too. Okay, so you broke down the characteristics and what you're looking for in a coach as far as the names that have been floated so far, coaches we know who are available or at least that the Suns are interested in seeing if they're available. (coughs) Do you have a preference or can you kind of give us maybe your top three at least? (laughs) I think Saul (laughs) repeated the name that rings loudest for all Suns fans, Suns reporters, and anybody that's paying attention to the team because Tyloo's proven on the playoff stage. He's also proven a goal off script when he needs to to get wins. And I feel like, we could all agree in, in assessing the Suns the past two playoffs that there was a lot to be uh, desired in terms of going off script for what's comfortable to potentially just at least see what they could do when they're doing things that they aren't necessarily comfortable doing. So I think Ty Lue would definitely be at the top of that list. Um, if we're speaking independent of Ty Lue, I do think that, and he doesn't get the, the, um, 
he doesn't get lauded the most in terms of the coaches available. But I think Mike Budenholzer showed a lot with the with the Milwaukee Bucks in terms of experimenting with things on offense to put their three best players or their two best players consistently in actions to compromise the defense, especially in crunch time. For the Bucks, if Suns fans remember, in fourth quarters of those games in the finals, a lot of times it would be either Chris Middleton and um, Giannis Antetokounmpo working from the elbows and pick and roll in a condensed floor to force switches, force unders, and force different types of responses from the defense and then just countering off of that. But primarily speaking with those two, keeping the two best offensive weapons consistently in action is to keep a defense rotating or keeping them compromised in some capacity. So I think Mike, Mike Budenholzer, especially with his experience and also having beat the team, uh, would be a would be a coach that should jump off the page in terms of availability. And another name that I would keep an eye on, I'm not I'm not sourced in any capacity, so don't take this as me breaking news or anything like that. <laughs> but I but I've we've seen what Kenny Atkinson can do when he has weapons to work with in terms of an offense. I do think that of course he still has things to prove as a coach on that stage. But if we're just looking at coaches that fit in alignment with the things that I've mentioned in terms of the offensive process, I think Kenny Atkinson, especially with what he's learned from the from the uh, Golden State Warriors this past season could certainly add a newfound dimension and evolution to this offense. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, Steven, thank you so much for stopping in and giving us all your info. I got to ask. Yeah, I got one more question too. Steven, how long did it take to grow that beard? (laughs) I am very jealous of that thing. Man, I've been growing this since uh, since my senior year in high school, so it's been a it's been a few years. It's been a few years. <laughs> before before we let you go, I do have a CP3 question. Um, in terms of his overall production specifically, and if he were to stay on the Suns, do you believe that he? I mean, obviously the reliability issues aside, um, did you like how the Suns used him this season? Um, in terms of a, a new spot-up role, um, less ball handling? And do you see that as being something that he could continue next year? Obviously, it, it feels like uh, there's a slight depreciation in terms of his value overall and what he contributes on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but what, what's your perspective on him specifically? So I do think the way that they used him coming into this season, this is speaking before Kevin Durant came into the mix, I felt that was most optimal to kind of preserve him and put him on ice going into the playoffs. And I think naturally that lended itself to him kind of better ingratiating himself than he would if they kept things going how it was last season after they added Kevin Durant. He was kind of already used to being in that role where he was off the ball a little bit more. So that, of course, expanded more when Kevin Durant came in. But I do think that that's a role that he could certainly play for this team. And I think as with any Hall of Fame player, especially a player that's played in the league for 18 seasons, um, you can't last in the league if you're not willing to evolve and you're not able to evolve. And I think he's proven that he can do both of those things at multiple stops over the course of his career. And I also think that as uh, we saw the team exit from the playoffs, we saw a need for his presence in terms of playmaking. So him being able to show that he can play off the ball, but also obviously being able to revert back to initiating offense at any given moment is something that you might not necessarily be able to find to the extent that he could provide And then especially having a feel and chemistry with playing with Kevin Durant as well as Devin Booker. Uh, It's kind of something that you can't necessarily find looking other places. So I do think that he has value for this team moving forward. Awesome. Well, thank you again. We appreciate your time and thank you for dropping in and sharing some of your 
knowledge and insight with us. And as Gerald mentioned, if you guys don't follow Stephen on Twitter, on Twitter, you absolutely need to. He is at stay true s dot three. So make sure you go give him a follow for uh, all of his great content over there. Stephen, thank you. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. I'll be blessed. As you can see here at PHNX, we love our little tchotchkes. We've got them in both studios here. We've got them all around the office. And the best place to get them for your house, for your set, or your office is, of course, at FOCO. They have the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports, and they have yours, too. You can get the best gear around by visiting FOCO.com and using that code PHNX. For all non-presale items, use the code PHNX for 10% off. Lindsay, I love toys, but you know what I love more than toys? Beer! Four Peaks beer. That's <laughs> right. And our friends at Four Peaks have something very special going on for you. It's the Four Peaks Four Seats. One lucky winner will get four seats to an upcoming Diamondbacks game. Tickets come with uh, D-Bucks, so you can grab some food or an ice-cold wild wheat, my favorite, or any of the Four Peaks beers that they have around the ballpark. And you can enter by going to at Four Peaks Brew on Instagram, the link is in the bio as well uh check out at four peaks brew or at four peaks pub to keep up with the latest at arizona's hometown brewery must be 21 and older uh, to drink four peaks and please drink responsibly well it sounds like we have a special guest joining us we do we do our friend uh is here noah eagle he's the radio voice of the la clippers noah thank you so much for joining us today how are you Guys, I'm doing great. I'm doing better now. I feel feel a positive energy radiating from the three of you. Very <laughs> bright and colorful set. I mean, I couldn't really ask for much more. So now I feel like I'm I'm up here. I was here. Nice. That's, Perfect. That's not the energy. That's just the Phoenix heat you're feeling through the screen. So. Can you get me some more tan? Because it's been nice and cloudy in LA. That'd be great. Uh, listen, uh, we're so jealous of you. I would swap you weather in a heartbeat if I could. I promise you that. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Noah, uh, thanks for coming on. I'm just going to hop into it, man. Uh, what have you been hearing? Uh, a lot of changes there with the Clippers, but what have you been hearing on the Ty Lue front? Have you heard anything in terms of uh, the head coach? I know he had met with the team, but what are you hearing? Yeah, no, I mean, not a whole lot. Look, Teron Lue is certainly under contract for a couple more years with the Clippers, and he's he's had three highly successful years considering the circumstances that He's had to deal with in many ways. Year one takes him to the conference finals for the first time in franchise history without Kawhi Leonard as he tore his ACL in game four of the second round. Year two, Kawhi plays literally zero games. Paul George plays 31. They still finish with a winning record and continue their, their plus 500 streak. And then this year, Kawhi misses a handful, almost half the season. Paul George misses about... 35% of the season and still the five seed take that game one. And who knows what happens with these two teams if Kawhi doesn't go down. So I do think there's a lot of belief that Teron Lou is the right guy here. I haven't heard any noise of anything opposite. And so we'll see how it all plays out. But for now, at least that's kind of what I've gathered. Yeah. He's, he's got those two years left on his contract, obviously that kind of aligns with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's situation. Do you, I mean, you, you said that like you feel like he's the right man for the job. Do you feel like on his end, maybe he's looking ahead to that timeline and thinking, OK, are you guys going to commit to me long term or or what's your kind of read on that part of the situation? No, I so I, I think you got to remember that Teron was drafted by the Lakers 
And the man who drafted him was Jerry West, who, of course, is an analyst with the Clippers right now and has been for the last several years. Those two have as close a relationship as you'll find. Mm-hmm. You know, Teron believes Jerry and, and looks at Jerry as mm-hmm. another father figure, so to speak, in his life, someone that he can bounce ideas off of and someone he can trust 150%. That goes back to the hiring process when they were looking at different head coaches a couple of years ago. Those two were talking constantly, making sure they were still on the same page. I think Lawrence Frank is very much a collaborative type of person and, and likes to make sure everyone's included. And so, so long as that core group feels like it's together, I think Teron Liu makes the most sense. He's someone who's a proven winner as a head coach, someone who, in my experience talking to him, is an absolute basketball genius mm-hmm. up and down. He eats, sleeps, breathes the game. He watches constant film. If he's not watching a film for his game, he's watching someone else's game. That's just how he, he is. That's just what he does. It's what he loves. And so uh, there's, a, there's a trust with him and, and the superstars you mentioned, Kawhi and Paul George. There's a trust with him and Steve Ballmer, the, the owner of the team. So it, it makes sense that he would stay. But again, this is the NBA and things happen constantly. And so you never know where the cookie ends up crumbling. But just from my perspective, I don't think he's looking at anywhere other than literally right directly in front of him. That's just how he is. He's never someone who's trying to plan too far ahead. Well, we don't really love to hear that one selfishly, I will say anyway. Um, But obviously, general manager Michael Winger accepted the job at Monumental Basketball. Does that change anything in your opinion? As far as what might happen in the front office of the Clippers with the coaching staff and whatnot? No, not necessarily. Look, there's there's always going to be a musical chairs of sorts around the NBA every offseason. And right now, you guys are experiencing it with the head coaching position, and, and you're not the only one. It feels like there will be a lot of shifting amongst the coaching world. So Monty, depending on what he decides to do, will end up somewhere else, whether it be this year or in the future. And Mike Budenholzer could be the same deal. Nick Nurse could be the same deal. I mean, you go down a long, long list. Obviously, Ime Odoka already took the job in Houston. It feels like one of those off-seasons where it's very coach-focused. It's going to be a a heavy coaching carousel versus others where maybe there are more coaches that stay, but players who are shifting around. And then others where maybe it's front offices. For the Clippers, they're going to have to figure out what they want to do and how they want to move forward without Michael Again, Lawrence Frank is the president of basketball operations. He was the, the guy who technically answers all the calls and the questions and is the final decision maker amongst that group. But I mentioned the word collaboration because I feel like that's what I've experienced in my four years with the team is, is a collaborative group. Michael was as big a part of it as anybody. He is a salary cap genius. He is a super intelligent guy. And I think that the Wizards and Monumental and all of them, they got a great, great pickup and I'm happy for them. But from the Clippers' perspective, you still have Lawrence Frank running things. You still have Jerry West as an analyst. You never know who becomes available, and I'm sure everybody around the league is monitoring what Bob Myers is going to decide to do. And you never know for a guy who went to UCLA if he wants to come back to L.A. and and get back to his roots. But for now, I I would say the the Clippers should have immense trust in the, the group that they still have, a group that has brought them Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and a really great, deep surrounding cast around them. So we'll see how it all plays out. I love to get outsider perspectives when it comes to the Suns. Obviously, you get to watch them in that opening round series. What was your assessment of what you saw in particular from Devin Booker uh, and Kevin Durant and kind of the future that you think for this team? Well, I think Devin Booker, let me put it this way, and you guys know this because you're constantly around. 
I think he's been doing this for years. He's been doing this since before the team was good. And, you know, he's been putting together virtuoso, incredible, uber-efficient performances essentially since he walked into the NBA. He's just doing it now on a much bigger scale and a much bigger stage. And what he did in terms of scoring output and efficiency over the course of the the however many games that he was essentially averaging almost 40 on basically 65% shooting or above – that's insane. That's a different level that he showed that he can reach. So we know he's at superstar status right now. He's, in my opinion, the best shooting guard in the NBA, and I think he proved that. And really what else stood out about him, especially in that first-round series, was his willingness to put in that maximum defensive effort. I thought that he really proved himself a little bit more on the defensive end. Look, Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. You know, I know that maybe he didn't look quite the same, although he still averaged about 30 in the playoffs and he was still shooting the ball pretty well. I think it's just going to take a little time for those two to really get to know exactly where they like it and in which spots. And certainly KD's gravity helped open things up for Book. But that's a, a duo that nobody's going to want to have to face. That's a duo that nobody is ever going to want to feel like they can get through or, or have to get through because they're as lethal as anyone. I mean, just the two games they took in that series with Denver, those two guys just took over, plain and simple, and they can do that every single night, especially when they're locked in and especially when they have now a full offseason and training camp to prepare with one another. So dangerous, dangerous duo. Now it's about finding the, the correct surrounding pieces for them. No, I wanted to ask you about a guy who was in the spotlight in that series and played really well for the Clippers, um, Russell Westbrook, who you know started the year as kind of a punching bag for the Lakers and then by the end of the season was um, a great performer for the Clippers in the playoffs. Do you get the sense that bringing him back is a priority or is that something they're kind of going to take take it as it goes as as free agency market kind of churns? So I I think that just from being around a little bit and, and hearing just murmurs around the league, both Russ and the Clippers would love to bring him back. He'd love to be there. I think he really enjoyed the organization and how they they open their doors and and really put their arms around him and at the same time, let him be him. I think Teron Lou deserves a ton of credit for how he handled Russ and especially on a team that has a lot of guys that have pride and you bring in a, a young, exciting piece in Bones Highland and he plays really well in the first couple games before the trade deadline. And then Russ comes in after the, the, uh, the all-star break and mm -hmm. takes the spot essentially. And, and there was a three week stretch where Bones didn't play a minute. And then, sure enough, he gets thrust back into it. And again, credit to the coaching staff for keeping him engaged because he played some great basketball, including in that series with the Sun. So I, I do think that Russ was happy that he got to be himself again and just got to play freely and not worry about X, Y, or Z. At the same time, he knows that he earned himself some extra money and he's got a shelf life, as does every player on their career. He knows he has to capitalize and the Clippers aren't going to look at him and say, hey, don't take extra dollars if you feel that's best for you and your family. They they want to take care of the player. They feel strongly about the relationships that they foster over years. And so would they love to have him back? Absolutely. But it's going to have to come at a price that's probably lower than maybe others can offer him. And he's going to have to be okay with that. Noah, uh, I got to ask this before we let you go. Does Steve Ballmer bring the same energy uh, <laughs> all the time? Or is that just a sideline thing? That is that is him, 150% authentic him. Now, I will say Matt Ishbia's ball skills were pretty impressive in that second-round series, so I don't know what Steve's ball skills look like. 
What I do know is when I interviewed with him for the job at the end, he asked me, uh, do you have any questions? And, you know, I, I always come prepared as most people do for a job interview. And so I said, well, what are you looking for out of your broadcaster? What do you want? And I swear to God, he didn't even pause for a millisecond. It was, he didn't even blink. He looked me dead in the eye and he goes, someone who's hardcore. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I can be hardcore. I think I got whatever hardcore I had to, whatever juice I had to squeeze out of myself. But uh, that's him. 100 oh amazing. Gosh, all, that is the best story. Very genuinely and, and authentic. I love that. That is so funny. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Noah. We really appreciate your time. And I know the people in the chat were uh, very thankful of the compliments that you gave Devin Booker and Kevin Durant uh, from that Clipper Sun series yeah. a little while back. So thank you again. Go find some sun no and get that suntan. Yeah. yeah, no, I need it. I need it. I, know, I need that sunshine on me. I know Lotto has the right idea. Devin Booker. All right. Peace Thanks. out. Appreciate <laughs> Thanks. Well, it's a holiday, and Espo has been on one with his ad reads today. So why not keep the trend going? You want to tell us about Manscaped, Espo? Lindsay, you know what's better than smooth balls? Absolutely nothing. And Manscaped's here to take care of you because it's <laughs> playoff time. That's right. Do you want to be as smooth as Lord? Stanley's cup or Stanley Tucci's head? <laughs> How about the Larry O'Brien trophy or Adam Silver's head? All you got to do is go to Manscaped, get one of the lawnmower 4.0s. Oh, no. They're waterproof, they're cordless. You can trim the body, you can trim the boys. Heck, you can trim hedges with them. They're that good. There's that's even a light on that. There, there is. I mean, it's that great. The Weed Whacker, no, that's not an actual Weed Whacker, but it's a Weed Whacker 2.0. Takes care of those nose hairs. And if you're almost 40 like me, you got plenty of them. So go take care <laughs> of that as well. And the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. I don't know why it's a crop. Like, I don't got corn down there, but if you do, the Crop, <laughs> the crop Preserver and Crop Reviver has got you taken care of. It's Baldiode and ball toner. Uh, what, what am I toning my balls for? I need to know what a ball toner is in general. Am I getting my balls more fit or making them uh, a, a more tan color? What is the ball toner? Here, is we're going like to have to find out. Is it like the toner you use on your face, like to give you uh, clear skin? <laughs> or, or am I like trying to get contoured? I don't know. I don't know. Just you killed Gerald. It you doesn't change, Gerald. though, according to it. Next uh, step, we're going to be selling you contour. Hey, look. they your undercarriage. They have beard care, too, because if you're not happy enough with downstairs, you can go upstairs, too, and take care of that beard, <laughs> you know? And apparently if you wear thongs, I'm talking the thongs uh, sandals, you can get nail clippers as well. So, uh, you That's know, a bold choice. you want 20% off and free shipping? Well, you can get that with that code PHNX at manscaped.com. That's 20% <laughs> off and free shipping with the code PHNX at manscaped.com. I think they're going to make me say it one more time. It's the rule of threes. Uh, pick a winner, <laughs> hit the playoff push, and use manscaped and that code PHNX uh, to ship Shave that! Oh my God! Shave that bush is what it says. <laughs> what it says? I just, I just read. Right. Well, you know what? With that, I don't, I don't think we can top that. So I think we just go ahead and say goodbye. Thank you all for joining. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at phnx underscore suns. Uh, you can follow the great Espo and all of his fantastic ad reads. 
at Espo. Espo, take us home. I prefer things that, you know, longer than 280 characters, but you can find me at hey, Espo. Yo, my